I'm so pleased to introduce you to Ron Rewald this evening. As Tanya mentioned, Ron is Action for Canada's Pastoral Support Lead. He's a man of faith and a prayer warrior who has encouraged, supported, and equipped pastors and congregants to remain open during the unlawful government restrictions. Ron's historical family lineage is no stranger to persecution, with two of his ancestors dying for their faith in Russia under Lenin and Stalin's second and third anti-religious campaigns. Armed with prayer, as well as with Action for Canada's resources, Ron continues to be a driving force in empowering Canadians to assemble together in worship and fellowship and prayer within the church. We are so grateful for Ron's commitment and contribution to Action for Canada. And now will you all please help me welcome Ron Rewald. Hello, Ron. Hello. So great to see all of you and be here. Yeah, thank you, Heather, for that. And Ron, it is just such a privilege to have you back on the show. You have done so much work for Action for Canada. And just to go back a little bit in history, you and I met in uh, December of 2020. I believe that's when we first, around that time, November yes, that's right. of 2020, had our first contact. And um, you decided to join us on the pastoral team and eventually quickly became the pastoral lead. In August of 2021, we were realizing that the pastors in, in the nation weren't stepping up. And so we said, you know what, we need to turn our direction to um, uh, vetting for chapters across Canada, because we said this is going to be a church without walls. This is a mission field that we're in, in building communities, uh, people within communities, like-minded people within communities. And uh, since then, that section of Action for Canada has grown so much. And you and I, probably about five months ago, looked at each other and I said, you got to go back to leading the pastors. <laughs> and <laughs> here you are, and you have been reaching out to pastors and, you know, strategically appealing them to open their churches, make room mm -hmm. for homeschooling, and so many other good things. And uh, Ron, so I'm excited to have you on tonight. I just want to give you the floor. Take it away. Start introducing these pastors and let's hear their testimonies. Yes, thanks, Tanya. That's awesome. It's so good to be with you. I'm so excited about tonight, and uh, I just want to read that scripture again that we posted earlier, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. Uh, when when this whole thing started with COVID, um, my wife got me engaged in going to rallies downtown. And I said, it's Saturday. It's my day off. And so I went to the rallies and I just saw what was going on. And I had a chance to hear Tanya speak. And um, I decided to make these uh, these large signage. And some of the wording on that signage was in the context of uh, we were created to worship our God together, open our churches. Uh, we were created to give God glory together, open our churches. And I had a whole bunch of these signs made. And we went to these rallies, and I was up in the front of the line. I had a whole bunch of people holding up the signs. God has purpose for the house of the Lord to be open no matter what. And so I was inspired, and I joined Action for Canada, as Tanny Goss said, and so I'm, I'm fortunate to lead a pastoral support 
a team whose focus and purpose is to create awareness, to educate pastors. We're going to have some seminars again where we can teach them and, and share with them and help them understand what their position is under the Charter of Rights and Freedoms clergymen. And uh, there's there's a lack of not being educated. But um, also we want to share with them, there's nothing to fear. You may get some fines or some tickets. And, and so many of these are be, being dismissed in the court of law. And, you know, live in the obedient, reverent fear of the Lord, not in the fear of our government, not in the fear of man. And so I'm so excited because God has chosen to bless and honor those who have chosen him over our government and been obedient to him. And no matter what, they counted the cost. And where my great grandfather was in prison for eight years and my grandfather was went to a Siberian work camp for six and a half years before he passed away. Uh, we're given the opportunity to do the right thing. And when you do the right thing and you choose God, God will bless and honor your commitment to him first. So I want to introduce our first pastor. I'm so excited to have him on board. His wife is actually one of our chapter leaders in, in Campbell River. So uh, Pastor Randy Beatty, he is a senior pastor of Living Waters Fellowship in Black Creek, BC, and he's going to let us know where Black Creek was because I had to look it up on the map. Uh, pastor Randy was born into a pastor's home, so was I, and, and was saved in 1965 at the age of 10, at which time he already felt the call into the ministry. Pastor Randy has been pastoring for 40 years, and the past 30 years has been senior pastor at Living Waters Fellowship. And so I just want to bring him on board. There's other things I could say about it, but I want you, Pastor, just to share. You actually were one of the first pastors that I interviewed for a statement of testimony in God's faithfulness and goodness. We had a whole number of those statements that were featured on our church resource page. And I'm working on getting a lot more because God's blessing and provision and guidance and uh, just to reward the faithfulness of our pastors. Those, you know, it's it's a small number, but it's a growing contingent. I'll share that a little bit more about what I'm talking about later on. But in any case, Pastor Randy, one thing I want to share as well too. So Pastor Randy relates to Paul, the apostle in Acts chapter 20 and verse 24, where he says, I consider my life worth nothing. If only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. Welcome, Pastor Randy. It's a pleasure to have you here with us. Feel free to share. We just want to know what, what led to your decision. And uh, so we'd love to hear from you, my brother. All right. Thank you for the opportunity. It's a real honor and privilege to, uh, to be on uh, the Power Hour, the Empower Hour with Action for Canada. And... Uh, I agree very much with what uh, Tanya God said earlier. We are in a spiritual warfare. Uh, as far as I remember, Jesus is the head of the church, uh, not the government, not a prime minister or a president, not even a king, except for the king of kings. And uh, before I get too far in this, I just want to mention Black Creek is on Vancouver Island. It's a little farming community in between Campbell River salmon capital of the world and Courtney or Comox Valley. And uh, we have a church there, Living Waters Fellowship. And as you said earlier, we have remained open. 
of course, we did shut down initially uh, because they said it was going to be two weeks to flatten the curve. And of course, two weeks became two months and four months and so on. Uh, but it didn't take me very long to realize that I had marching orders from God. And as you quoted the verse in Hebrews, we are not to forsake the gathering together of the saints. It's very important and very essential that we as the church continue to meet and gather together. I, I saw the big box stores were open, liquor stores were open, uh, different businesses that were mom and pop businesses were shut down. But many of these bigger places were open and they were filling up many people. So I realized that uh, although this was uh, people getting sick, it wasn't exactly what they were saying. I think it was a lot of exaggeration and it was based on fear. And I don't believe we're to come under fear. The Bible says the fear of man is a snare. And the reason that I stayed open, and by the way, I want to put a shout out to my church board because it wasn't just my decision. I'm very happy to say that my church board 100% stood with me and we said it's time to open. And we remained open. And uh, we did get a few threats. I kind of feel a little bit silly here with uh, Pastor Arthur. I, I didn't go to jail. I didn't get that kind of extreme uh, uh, attack or punishment. But the police did show up at our church. They came into the church. And they stood across the street from the church spying on us. I got threatened phone calls that we we're going to get fined. The church is going to get fined. Every individual, if we were to open the next Sunday, would be fined. But we opened the next Sunday and we got no fines. And uh, eventually they just left us alone. Finally, uh, we had an outdoor meeting. It was a summer day. And again, the police officer showed up and he, he stood on the outskirts. He listened for a while. One of our little girls in the church carried a little flower to him. It's actually just a dandelion, but I think it softened his heart. And he said, I don't see anything wrong with this. And he left. So I think if we stand our ground and stay true, to the word of God and faithful to God's word as shepherds of the flock. The shepherd cannot abandon the sheep. Uh, and I felt it was very important and very essential to remain open. I thought, well, if hospitals could be open to help the physically sick, how much more important should it be that we remain open to help those that are in spiritual need, mental need, emotional need, and fellowship is very important. Uh, the Bible tells us that we're together. Uh, to pray for one another, to encourage one another, uh, spur one another unto good deeds. And uh, it also says in James, if you're sick, call for the elders, pray for you, to lay hands on you, to anoint with oil. I don't know how you can do that on Zoom. Uh, lay hands on the sick. I don't know how you can do that on Zoom. So I felt it was very important that we remain open and people came. And God honored us. Uh, amazingly, we are a small church, but uh, we more than doubled in attendance. Our finances went up. Our influence went up. Uh, my wife, uh, as you mentioned, is a chapter leader in Campbell River. Uh, one of our members, Jerry Murray, was on just a couple of weeks ago. She was a chapter leader in Comox. Now she's a regional director, I believe. And we've had many opportunities and open doors into our community. I had a lot of uh, uh, negative comments on social media. They were attacking our church. Uh, voice messages on my answer machine coming against us. 
thinking we were bad testimony, and uh, but the exact opposite has happened. We've had many, many opportunities, my wife especially, to talk to people when she's out on the street, when she's at rallies, uh, talking to people about Jesus. And, uh, and that, that's what it's all about to me, as, I'm, as you read that verse. I want to be faithful to testify to the gospel of God's grace. And I believe the grace of God is with his people. His grace will be with every pastor that will be courageous enough to stay open and to be faithful to the word of God. As we heard earlier, uh, these mandates, we weren't breaking the law. The government was breaking the law by coming to the church and intimidating us, and the police showing up with their tasers and their guns to look intimidating. Uh, but I feel that we need to fear God than we do need to fear man. And uh, the author of Hebrews, I wrote a couple of things down. As you can tell, I can ramble. The author of <laughs> Hebrews, uh, in other words, the Holy Spirit, reminded the believers that although they had suffered reproach, and affliction, even had their property taken away, they must not isolate themselves to avoid arrest, criticism, and suffering. Collective and corporate worship is an essential part of our spiritual life, and the risk of being arrested, fined, or possibly catching a cold or the flu does not outweigh the cost of not meeting together. And I, I don't know where this comes from, but it must have been a pastor in the UK, or maybe it was a group of pastors. They wrote this to the government. It is essential for the mental and spiritual health of millions of Christians for the church to remain open. It is essential for providing the nation with the hope that Jesus Christ offers, and it is essential for the glory of God. And as Paul wrote in 1 Timothy the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of truth. And as a result of our stand for truth in a world full of lies, the last two years we have seen our attendance more than double. Many have come because of our stand for the truth. And we have seen many more salvations and people being baptized in these last two years than we've seen in the last 10 years. And although we had the RCMP, RCMP show up, it did not hinder people from coming out. In fact, we saw tremendous growth. And uh, it's been a real privilege to have the opportunity to stand with uh, Action for Canada, with Tanya Gaw, who is a tremendous example, a tremendous woman of courage. And I hope that this will inspire other men of God and women of God, pastors, to not close their doors the next time, but to remain open and remain faithful to the truth. My attitude was not one of rebellion against the government. My attitude was one of obedience to God and his Amen. word. And I think that's very important. I, I've heard some pastors say uh, recently, I read some reports that uh, they felt that the church was not essential. You could have church at home, you could go on Zoom. Uh, and yet I was thinking, well, if that's the case, why have we spent these billions of dollars across North America building buildings? Uh, if you don't feel that the building is important for the church to gather, and of course the church is God's people, then if you want to sell your buildings and send me the money, I'll build a bigger building and I'll open it up for people that are hungry for worship. They're hungry to gather together. 
They're hungry to hear the word of God being preached and to be encouraged by our brothers and sisters in the Lord. And so I really pray that uh, some pastors will change their attitude, will be free from fear. Revelations talks about cowardice. That's not a good thing for a Christian. We're to be uh, as bold as lions. We, we're not to run, but we are to face the enemy in the authority of the name of Jesus Christ. And Jesus has been faithful to me throughout my life. Mm. He's been faithful to our fellowship, Living Waters Fellowship in Black Creek. And as a result, we've seen growth. We've had tremendous influence in our community, and we continue to do so for the glory of God. And ultimately, that's what it's all about, the glory of Jesus Christ. Thank amen. you for this opportunity to share with you today. Oh, amen. Thank you. What a blessed testimony of uh, God's faithfulness and uh, how you have counted the cost. You, you've stood for righteousness, you chose God, and we are just so blessed and honored to have you. And you had a little event within the last couple of months where you actually had the Honorable Brian Peckford and Tanya Goss speaking, and your church was packed, standing room only. That's right, and it was a real, real testimony to the community again. And uh, not only did Tanya Goss speak on that Saturday with Brian Peckford, uh, but she spoke in our Sunday morning service, gave a great testimony, a great word of encouragement and challenge to the people and uh, people are still talking about it. And uh, if you have an opportunity as a pastor to have Tanya Gah in your church, you will not be disappointed. You will be blessed. Amen. Well, well, thank you for that, Pastor Randy. And just listening to your testimony and having walked through this with uh, you and Diane, your lovely wife, for the last couple of years, um, has also blessed me in so many ways to see a church taking a stand, loving their community, being obedient to the Lord, and then being able to see God's blessing, you know, upon yourself, your con congregation, and your community. And for those of you who may not be aware as, uh, as well, is that uh, Pastor Beatty is also um, one of our plaintiffs in the legal action against the BC and federal government. And, and so, you know, some may not take that as a step of courage as well, but it is a, another step of courage. It is another way of standing up for justice and being a voice for those who cannot uh, defend themselves. And so, Pastor Beatty, thank you just so much for all that you're doing. Thank you for coming on the show tonight and your testimony and your ongoing commitment and work for the Lord Jesus Christ. And to proclaim that, you know, to not only your community, but even uh, being on the Empower Hour, it will be to the nations. So thank you so much. Thank you. God bless you. Awesome. Thanks again, awesome. Pastor. Lord bless you and your wife, Diane. And uh, we just are looking forward to further updates. I'm going to update your testimony with, with the latest. <laughs> All right. Now, I, it's my privilege and blessing and honor to introduce the next pastoral guest, uh, Pastor Arthur Pulowski, who is a senior pastor of Street Church in Calgary. Uh, prior to COVID, Pastor Arthur was well-known as an advocate for the poor and the homeless. Pastor Arthur emigrated from Poland to Canada in 1973 and is therefore very familiar with the abuse of power under a communist regime. Pastor Arthur is not only a Canadian clergyman, but also a civil and human rights activist. And as such, he is unwilling to compromise and bow to government tyranny. He is a ferocious defender of the faith and unwavering in preaching and obeying the word of God. 
1920 and 2021, uh, when the Alberta Premier, public health authorities and police services began violating the protections for conducting religious services and assemblies in Section 176 of the Criminal Code of Canada, Pastor Arthur stood up and said no, and as a result endured fines, arrest, jail, and solitary confinement and torture, if you hear his testimony. The Calgary Police Service staged highly visible takedowns to publicly embarrass him. Instead, Pastor Arthur became a hero of the faith for all right-thinking Albertans and Canadians who believe in standing up for order, liberty, and freedom. Uh, Pastor, it is an absolute privilege and blessing to have you. And we, we shared actually some stories as well, too. The first time I met you, which was at the courthouse in Vancouver, and uh, you had shared that um, this is actually a picture of me holding up one of the signs with Pastor Arthur. And so uh, it was uh, just the whole bloodline thing. My grandfather dying in a Siberian war camp. And I'll let you share just a minute about uh, your ancestry in, in uh, a very similar Siberian war camp. But it is a, a pleasure and honor to have you, my brother, be with us. Please share with us and, and how God has, has led you, directed you, guided you, blessed you, and continues to do so. Well, thank you so much for having me uh, again. I mean, it's always a privilege to talk to you and to be with you and hopefully put some fire for in the hearts of other people, in the spirits and the souls of other people as well that are watching this and will be watching this later on. Uh, so you're absolutely right. As you can tell very quickly, I grew up behind the Iron Curtain under the boots of the Soviets in a country called Poland. So for us, it's a, it's a repetition of history. We have been seeing these types of movies over and over again. Uh, we have been attacked by the Nazis. We have been attacked by the Ottoman Empire. We have been attacked by the Vikings. We have been attacked by the Mongolian Genghis Khan. So for us, we have been there. And the only way to stand up against tyranny is, uh, and actually, quite frankly, uh, to stand up against the bully. I only know one way how to stand up against the bully. Just, you know, give him a bloody nose and he will understand that it's going to cost him something as well. So my grandfather actually escaped Siberia uh, to Poland. My grandma with my great uncle were caught by the Russians and taken to police station. And my great uncle lowered my grandma on uh, the rope and they escaped to Poland. So fighting against tyrants uh, and escaping and, and doing whatever we can, it's kind of in our blood. My wife was the very one that was smuggling solidarity pamphlets in her backpack when we were growing up. I saw the power of the people. I saw the solidarity movement. I saw where people come together in unity when they come in the name of God, because Solidarity Movement was a movement of God, while the villains, the tyrants, the wanna be pharaohs, as I call them, they don't stand a chance. Like I quite often tell the people uh, that we already won. I mean, we already know who wins. We won. The enemy just doesn't know it yet. So that's the difference. When David stood in front of the giant, David already won. 
The enemy just did not know it. Goliath still was arrogant and proudful. It didn't know that he already lost standing against the living God or God's representative. Um, you are a loser right, to begin with. Uh, so that's what I did. I know the Bible. I know my God. And I think this is the biggest problem that I have observed in Christianity, if you will, globally, that people do not know who their God is. They don't know how powerful our God is. They don't know that God holds our enemies in the palm of his hands. They wake up in the morning because he says, um, they're still useful to me. Also, People do not know who they are in Christ. Think about it. I am a son of the living God, heir to the throne. I am the son of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I am the son of the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the life itself. It's impossible for the children of such a king to lose. So let me let me read a portion of scripture for you from Isaiah 41.10. Isaiah 41.10. And here is what it says. So do not fear. That's God speaking. For I am with you. Why? You're not to fear because Trudeau is not, or Trudeau Castro, as I call him, uh, is not with you. Um, why you're not to fear? Because the mayor is not with you or the police are not with you. No. So do not fear for I, the Lord, is with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. All, all, not just few, not just some, all who rage against you, you will sure you will surely be ashamed and disgraced. Those who oppose you will be as nothing and perish. Though you search for your enemies, you will not find them. Those who wage war against you will be as nothing at all. For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, and here we go again, do not fear, do not be afraid. Why? Because I will help you. So when those people started to attack me, and, and for me, of course, this whole ordeal started in 2005 when the, when the Canadian government declared that giving free goods and services, feeding the homeless is now punishable by law, uh, congregating is punishable by law, distribution of printed material, Bibles, gospel is punishable by law, um, having a illegal signage. I had Jesus as king. I received $10,000 ticket for that illegal, illegal uh, signage. Uh, congregating, preaching, speaking, um, associating. I mean, I got a ticket for pretty much everything that there is. Over 340 citations, over 100 court cases, 16 arrests. I was arrested by SWAT team. I was arrested by RCMP detectives. I was taken down as El Chapo of Calgary, Escobar of uh, British Columbia. I was taken down as uh, uh, Al Capone of Canada uh, by all kinds of um, armed forces in a big, you know, uh, very public takedowns in the middle of the highway or outside my home, blocking the entire street um, multiple times. So 
But the thing is, why am I saying this? They put me in a metal cages. They kept me in isolation. They put me in solitary confinement and stripped me naked in front of men and women. And they uh, threatened my life multiple times. They kidnapped me from Calgary to Edmonton, put me in the max spot for the most dangerous offenders. I would not uh, be allowed even to have a pen. I was considered too dangerous. They put me in a psych ward and all kinds of different things they have tried to do to me. And yet here I am, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, in the middle of the fire, because it's in the fire. And I think that's why the church missed the boat. It's in the fire where God deals with your enemies. It's in the fire when he shows up to set you free. It's in the fire when you have a testimony after you encountered the living God. It's in the fire when your testimony, testimony is giving you promotion you see david if david would not stand up in front of that giant willing to die willing to kill the giant in other words the giant that mountain was his opportunity behind that giant was david's destiny what is our destiny what is the destiny of the church and the preachers if not to have a testimony of our God, how powerful and amazing God he is. So I think we missed the boat as a church globally. However, out of the ashes, out of the ashes, God is raising up his new church, the remnant church. I quite often, when I read the scripture that Jesus said, I'm coming back, but I'm coming back for a glorious church. I was wondering, um, when people would say to me, oh, he's coming, he's coming. Uh, no, he's not. What are you saying? The Bible says he's coming, uh, but not now, not now. I mean, because he doesn't have anything to come for. We are lazy, self-centered, egoistic, selfish, shallow, so-called Christians. He doesn't have anything to come for. He has to first purify his church, and the purification happens in the fire. And I remember when he said to me, this is what he said to me years ago. He said, I will have my revival. Here is, here is what the Lord said. I will have my revival. He calls revival his. I will have my revival, but it will come through the fire. When he said that to me, I knew difficulties are coming. I knew tough times are coming for Canadians and not just for Canadians, because this is a global problem, the lukewarmness of the church, self-centeredness of the church is a global thing. But he's coming for a glorious church. He's coming for the church just like it was in a book of Acts. We're just writing additional chapters in that book. So he's coming back for a glorious church. So how you purify that church? You purify that church through the fire. So he is coming back. And here is what he said. I prefer for the people to come to me because I love them, because of mercy and grace, but because they have rejected me, I will come through the fire. So brace yourself. It's exciting times. I mean, look what they've done to me. And here I am. Uh, you don't see me depressed. You don't see me suicidal. You don't see me whining and complaining. Poor me, cutting myself all over uh, what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm actually, <laughs> I don't know. I don't want this to sound weird. I'm super, super excited. 
I don't know what is about to happen, but something amazing is about to happen. I'm facing another trial this Friday. All the blessings are coming my way. Every single time I face another trial, it's like it's like the windows of heaven open and I get more and more blessings. I have more friends and and, and the church is, uh, you know, uh, the church is coming and, uh, and, and everything else. I mean, um, no matter what they try to do with enemy meant for evil, God turns around every single time in my life for something something good my uh, big trial so this friday is a hundred thousand dollar ticket next uh trial for uh, terrorism so i was charged over 40 times during the COVID lie and this one is the biggest one i was charged with terrorism for my church service in kuts for the truckers and i was charged with mischief over five thousand and breach of probation which is ten and a half years uh, of imprisonment if they will have their way, but they will not have their way because this is not their time. Their time is to be subdued by the living God. This is the time of the church. They had their time. They have ruled over us. All the mountains of influence were taken by the wicked, evil, perverted pedophiles and all kinds of evil, wicked people. But now, their time is coming to an end and the church's time is starting. That's why I'm super excited because I know that I know millions of people are coming to the Lord. I've never ever seen the hearts of people more open than I see them right now. So um, that's why if I would, if I could, if I could be any louder than I am and more excited than I am right now, I would say to the pastors, it's not over until Jesus says it's over. And if you blew it, if you played the Nazi game, if you shut down the church, if you implemented the Nazi passport, segregated, isolated uh, people, and you've done this, I get it. Peter denied Jesus multiple times. And yet he went to his knees and he wept. There is a time for you to come and you can turn this whole thing around. You can say to Jesus, I blew it. I'm sorry. I don't know what else to say. Please restore me just like you restored Peter. But if you will remain Judas Iscariot, the only thing for a traitor, a turncoat, is the rope. You will get, or maybe you already did, you got your silver coin. But in the end of the silver coins, there's always a rope. That's not what God wants for you. So I am asking you to come back to Jesus, come back to the Bible, come back to the truth. Courageous people are what God is looking for. Cowardly will not inherit the kingdom of God. So come, come and be counted in the army of God. The only thing that God wants in the end, because he owns everything, he has all the power, is for you to show up. So just show up and let him fight your battles. Amen. Amen. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. That is so good. Oh, thanks. So anointed word of challenge and exhortation. Thank you so much for sharing that. And you know what? And this is what I was I was dying to, to share. As you mentioned, there are pastors and some pastors from mega churches that are praying prayers of repentance and remorse, broken and contrite, for not getting it right the first time. So praise God, the Holy Spirit is working, and uh, that remnant is growing. And so that, that's awesome. Thank you so much, Pastor Arthur. 
Yeah, and on that as well, I want to encourage if there's pastors that are viewing this, uh, please come to our pastoral page. Uh, we'll have it in the description of the link of the video. Uh, Sheila will put it in the chat. We've got resources there. We've got a link for you to sign up with our pastor team that Ron is overseeing. We want to give you support. Uh, we want to let you know the way through this, that if they do try to challenge you again with lockdowns, you have a guaranteed right to be open, and we're going to help you do that. You know, Pastor Archer, it always is just such a question to me why they come after you. I mean, you're so quiet and meek and mild. I don't know why why they would pick on you. Uh, <laughs> so, well, I don't know. It's one it's one of those mysteries, right? Uh, to me. Um, I yeah. am a Polish immigrant, and I believe that David, Shadrach, Meshach, and, uh, and Abednego were Polish immigrants as well. I, I can't prove it to you, uh, but I think they, they were. Maybe they had a little bit of Irish and Scottish in them as well. Um, <laughs> But the thing is, we are to stand up and rise up. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Because uh, we have this cloud of witnesses, those heroes. Yeah. Amen. Esthers, Deborahs, Mordecais, apostles. Yeah, you know, and, and, and people think that uh, Christians need to be all passive and a doormat. But I mean, in Luke, is it that Jesus said, you know, if you don't, if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy a sword. Uh, there is, you know, we also know that the sword of the spirit uh, and the word of God, you know, are also to be our our weapons of warfare, uh, but we're not to sit back and passively let uh, people be murdered and children be harmed. The Bible also says better to wrap a millstone around your neck and cast yourself into the sea if you're harming children. We're in a very serious war and we need to take it serious and we need to, our pastors to understand that we need them to grow that spiritual backbone, that warrior backbone to get into the fight with pastors like yourself and Pastor Philip. And you know, Ron, I think it'll be a good time. Um, I knew there was a reason I missed it at the beginning, but before bringing Pastor uh, Philip on, I will read from uh, Hezekiah. Uh, so, Pastor Arthur, thank you so much. We always love having you come on the show to not only to tell of your story and tell of how, how Jesus himself has seen you through and he holds you up and he will see you through the rest of it, but also, um, you know, that word of in love, uh, but boldness of conviction to the pastors that decided to uh, stay silent and calling them up. And, and that is very important in this time as we proceed because the government is not done with us. They do have a global agenda, and it cannot be accomplished as long as as Jesus reigns. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna fight, and we're gonna make sure that happens. So thank you so much. Thank you. Yes. All right. Thank so, you. Ron, would that be okay? Then I'm gonna read from oh, yeah, uh, Hezekiah. Yeah. All right, uh, Terenzio, do you want me to uh, maybe bring that up on my screen? So people can read along. 34, it says, Then this message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, prophecy against the shepherds, the leaders of Israel. Give them this message from the sovereign Lord. And when we're talking about shepherds, we're talking about the leaders of the church. What sorrow awaits you, shepherds, who feed yourselves instead of your flocks? Shouldn't shepherds feed their sheep? You drink the milk, wear the wool, and butcher the best animals, but you let your flock starve. You have not taken care of the weak. You have not tended the sick or bound up the injured. How could they do that with closed churches, right, and social distancing? You have not gone looking for those who have wandered away and are lost. Instead, you have ruled them with harshness and cruelty. So my sheep have been scattered without a shepherd. 
What happens to the sheep, to Christians, to believers, to the unbelievers who are looking for a place to attend on Sunday? They've been scattered. They have no place to call their spiritual home. And they are easy prey for any wild animal, which we would refer to this tyrannical government. They have wandered through all the mountains and all the hills across the face of the earth, yet no one has gone to search for them. Action for Canada is. These pastors are. Therefore, you shepherds, Hear the word of the Lord. As surely as I live, says the sovereign Lord, you abandoned my flock and left them to be attacked by every wild animal. And though you were my shepherds, you didn't search for my sheep when they were lost. You took care of yourselves and left the sheep to starve. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. I now consider these shepherds my enemies, and I will hold them responsible for what has happened to my flock. I will take away their right to feed the flock, and I will stop them from feeding themselves. I will rescue my flock from their mouths. The sheep will no longer be their prey. And I read this passage with love in my heart to call on you pastors to do as uh, Pastor Arthur was talking. It's not too late to repent and to get on your knees before God and humble yourself and then get busy. Get busy. Get out here on the front line and serve your community. Open your churches. And, uh, yeah, we just thank you for that. So, Ron, back over to you. Thank you, Tanya. Thank you for sharing that passage. Uh, That's a very serious passage. And, uh, you know, God is long-suffering and patient, but there will come a point where, given the opportunity, if the wrong choice is made continually, that pastors will lose the very thing they are fearful of losing, ministry. And so God God is long-suffering and patient, and we pray for revival. And I know revival is coming, and I'm so excited, and I just wait with anticipation. And I'm just so happy to introduce our next pastoral guest, it's actually, you know, Pastor Phil, I, I apologize. It's 10 p.m. already, Atlantic time, but here you are. And just praise God. We look forward to hearing from you. Pastor Philip Hutchings uh, is senior pastor of his Tabernacle Family Church in St. John, New Brunswick. Pastor Hutchings has a passion and love for God and his word and a desire to lead people to repentance and salvation. Amen. Pastor Hutchings and his wife, Jamie, and his associate pastor, Cody Butler, and his wife, Dana, uh, endured bullying, harassment, surveillance, and intimidation for uh, refusing to comply with the unlawful government lockdowns and restrictions. Pastor Hutchings was jailed for a week, and Pastor Cody was also arrested. So, a pastor, you know, there's a passage um, in the Bible, it's uh, found in John chapter 14, Uh, But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. The Holy Spirit, our blessed friend, the Holy Spirit, you know, had our pastors across the country, came before the Lord. During after time, they decided to uh, go virtual and lock down their church and prayed, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And the Holy Spirit would have stirred that pastor and said, yes, there is a grieving matter. Pastor Phil, what's what's happened with the, you know, the discernment of the Holy Spirit? And, and then we look forward to your share. But it, it's it's very tragic. And we pray that 
they will, you know, get that message and, and be obedient to the Holy Spirit stirring. Welcome, Pastor Phil. Yeah, it's an honor to be here. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, so great to be with you. Yeah, it's 10 o'clock. It's, it's way past my bedtime, but <laughs> I'm doing this for you. All right. I must love you very much. For, for, for Canadians. <laughs> yeah. And uh, a quick shout out, too, to Tanya. And you too, Pastor Ron, just so grateful for you, Action for Canada. You guys were such an incredible resource for us as we walked through all this crazy. Um, and so thank you, Tanya. Thank you, Pastor Ron. And a, and a shout out to Ken and Bonnie too, mm-hmm. uh, out of Fredericton, who walked through, the, who, who with Action for Canada, walked through this with us. Um, just next level people. And uh I'm grateful for our lawyer, uh, Jonathan Martin, and, and of course, my incredible wife. She's next level. And, uh, and also our pastor, Pastor Rodney Howard Brown. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He, he walked through this crazy with us, too, very closely. Great help. But, um, yeah, it, it feels like when, when I hear you tell our story, it's still weird to listen to. Like, that, that, that happened, you know. Um, we on Thanksgiving Sunday, we were surrounded. It was like SWAT. It was like some sort of Mexican drug cartel going down at our church service. They surrounded us. Um, they put uh, pa- they arrested Pastor Cody, my associate, put him in the in the car. Um, and then, you know, a week later or so, they arrested me, put me in solitary confinement uh, for a week. And uh, when we got out, when I got out, we said, well, we're not stopping. We're continuing to we're going to have we're going to continue to have church. And I I knew that the restrictions were a lot. um, There weren't any really crazy restrictions for outdoors. So we just we just took church outdoors and we met outside. And uh, for an entire year in the Canadian weather, we had church Um, and uh, now currently they're trying to put me back in for having church in a tent. Um, and so that's what we're fighting. That's what we're currently fighting right now. Uh, but they won't win. And, um, but, you know, it's funny because, you know, what's crazy, Pastor Ron, is the, the government, I don't, I don't know if folks know the history that are watching, um, the history of being tax exempt as a church. It was the government wanting to give that to the church because they valued the church being open because it was profitable to society. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. They gave the church tax exemption because it saved them money because of the homes it brought together and the healing it brought um, and how far we have fallen, you know, but there, it, it is profitable to society to stay open as a church. You know, there's power to assembling together. And we understood that from the scripture and we, we didn't back off. We said, we are going to stay open and we remained open and going through this. One thing I've learned is, um, and I know you can agree with this, Pastor Ron, um, you never serve God at a loss. You, you never serve God at a loss. You know, was it crazy? Absolutely. But when we came out on the other end of this, we were given land. We were given, we were given tons of acres of property to build. 
and we were given a huge dome that we're currently meeting in now. And to see what God is doing in the church is, is absolutely jaw-dropping. You, and, and for any pastors that are listening, to encourage you, you never serve God at a loss. And for the pastors that might be watching, I, I pray that your, the passion would come back. You know, uh, to, yeah. passion is a, is a separator for sure. You know, you see it through the scriptures, even with David, you know, passion separated him from the rest. What the others were running away from, passion ran at, you know, concerning Goliath. And uh, but we saw that when David ran at Goliath, when he ran at what everyone was running away from, we saw the payout. And I constantly reminded from Scripture, you never serve God at a loss. And um, and, and just listening to Pastor Arthur, uh, you know, it's it's amazing to see what God's doing. You know, the best days of our nation are not behind us. You know, I, I, just like Pastor Arthur was saying, there's an excitement in me, too. I feel like, you know, God is not done with this nation. You know, the best is yet to come. And, you know, for good folks like you, Pastor Ron, Tanya, and others that are watching online, how can you not be excited for what is about to happen in this country? Revival isn't going to start. It has already started. Yes, and, yes. Uh, of course... You know, it's going to it's going to start in the best side of Canada. It's going to start on the East Coast first for all the East Coasters that are watching. But uh, I'm just I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but I'm really excited for what God's doing. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's it's amazing. You never serve God at a loss. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's so true. Oh, thank you, my brother, for sharing. And, and you've got a massive tent structure and it's growing and your, your, your uh, membership is, is exponentially growing. And we've heard that again and again, why don't you just go through that? I mean, it's a temporary solution, but you're, you're still congregating and uh, it's just wonderful how God is blessing you with uh, church growth and, and uh, provision. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic to see all the folks coming out. You know um, we have people coming uh, literally from all around visiting and popping in and seeing part of, of what God's doing. And uh, I'd encourage folks to take a trip over to the East Coast. We'll make sure we get you some lobster, some good food. But you need to take a trip and see what God's doing here right in the East Coast, right here at the church. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to put it in words, but you got to come and take it in. you got to come and visit and see what God's doing. We have people coming from, uh, you know, almost an hour out just coming into church. Um and uh, we thank God for it, uh, you know, to be entrusted with that kind of, you know, growth and that kind of increase. We're just really grateful for it. But as hard as it is that uh, of what we walk through, you know, it was amazing to see what was what God did with it and what you what what thought to be the end really was uh, propelled things forward. And if I could even encourage anyone watching what feels to be the end can be the beginning with the Lord. Nothing is too far gone that God can't do something about. And, you know, we see that even with Lazarus, you know, what people thought was dead and gone when Jesus got on it turned quickly. And I believe what we feel is gone and lost in this nation will turn quickly back with the Lord. I really believe that Canada's finest hour is right now. I mean, yeah. with good folks like you, Tanya, and, and you, Pastor Ron, and everybody watching, you know, Canada, it, it's not done. 
It's not over for this nation. Amen. And, you know, let me say this, too. Uh, we all know Billy Graham. We've, we've all known and watched much of his ministry. You know, he sat down with David Maines at a 100, 100 Huntley Street. And he, an American evangelist, he said this about Canada. He said, Canada is positioned to lead the world in revival. That came from an American evangelist. And I, my faith grabbed that. I said, yes, Lord, we will lead this world in revival. I believe it to be true. I do too. <laughs> That's Amen. awesome. God. Amen. Yeah, you know, um, part of my testimony is as well as that the Lord spoke to my heart so many years ago. It was 2015, as many of you know, when I got um, involved. Uh, I was never political before this. I was extremely shy, paralyzing so. And uh, the Lord called on me to proclaim Canada as a Christian nation. And so I, I, I began my journey by writing one letter of concern after another, and the organization began to grow. And leading, uh, I believe it was in 2018, I should have written it down, and I was appealing to God because Justin Trudeau, the writing was on the wall when he was running for office that he was going to destroy this nation, everything that uh, he was campaigning on. So, you know, after many years of trying to get bills that they were passing in the legislature stopped, I was appealing to God and I was on my knees and I, I, I said, he's just going to destroy this nation, step in. And God spoke to me in what I would say is an audible voice. I wouldn't say that too often. Um, it's happened very few times in my lifetime. And uh, he said that he would be the first prime minister removed from office. And so in 2019, when the election came, there was many of us working Canada-wide who were working to get him a minority government, and we were successful. And that's why he's had to climb into bed with the NDP and the Bloc Québécois and all the rest, because right. he couldn't get her done on his own. And, and I woke up the, the day after the election. I was like, like, Lord, what are you talking about? He's still in office. And God said to me, he says, my people are not ready. Canadians have not suffered. They're still selfish. There's still, you know, the murder of babies in the womb. He said there's still sexual deviancy that's going to get worse because Canadians refuse to stand up against the sexual deviancy because they refuse to stand up about the idols that have come freely into our nation, uh, being sold on the shelves at our stores and in our garden centers. And uh, there's spiritual components here, and this is why we are in spiritual battle in this nation. We've got to come against all of, of the um, idols that have been set up in this nation. We've got to come up against mm -hmm. Baal, and we've got to tear this down in this country. And so God has not considered it the time to step in in a way because he is saying people take a knee come before uh -huh. me repent and god yes. promises in second chronicles with the with the mighty promise to say if we will repent but repent doesn't just mean to say i'm sorry there's got to be an action involved we got to take action to turn this sinful nation into a sinless nation and we've got to turn these evils around and we've got to unite and do this together and then god promises i will heal your land and uh, so we're so grateful to have you on as pastors um i think that there's a few minutes here 
here. Thank you for all hanging in there with us uh, to have a couple of uh, questions answered. I know one for myself is um, to both yourself and Pastor Artur. Are you considering taking legal action against uh, the police officers that have fined you against the individuals who have interfered with clergy, according to uh, Section One Seventy Six One of the criminal uh, yeah of the criminal code? H uh, e double hockey sticks, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, Absolutely. good stuff. You know, let me say right. this. You know. Let me say this because, um, you know, some of our tickets were dropped. You know, that's for me, that's kind of bittersweet because thank the Lord that that's out of my hair. Uh, but our constitutional challenge got dropped because of that, which ticked me off because these folks need to be held accountable for what they did. And we will. It like they, they picked the wrong pastor. Let me just say that. And and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for our lawyer, Jonathan Martin, and we've been talking with them, the Democracy Fund Rebel News, to see how we can continue to proceed uh, on how to hold these guys accountable. But we will. I promise you that we're not done. Well, I think it's important, right? If we were talking about someone came in your church and raped someone, uh, we've got a criminal code in Canada for a reason. Uh, God has created the courts of justice for a reason, and we have to pursue justice. And uh, so in in my strong opinion as well, uh, the criminal code has been broken here. It's been violated. Um, Individuals have interfered with with clergy. You had, I remember the story, I remember being on the phone with Ken and Bonnie going through this ordeal and the health officials, uh, you know, locking your doors and uh, pursuing you, harassing you. It was just so pure evil. Um, can we bring Pastor Artur on as well? I'd like to know, Pastor Artur, whether you can or cannot talk about that. I mean, you have had a lot of charge uh, where you, you know, it would be quite vast, the individuals. I mean, we have the videos of the police officers that hauled you off coming and going uh, from service, which is very clear in Section 176 that that was 100% criminal. And as I've mentioned before, if the federal government had invoked the Emergency Act, in response to COVID, which they never did. They did it to a phony truckers rally, uh, pro- what they con- contrived as a problem. They never did it in response to COVID. But even if they had, our Bill of Rights, our Charter of Rights cannot be infringed upon. They cannot be violated. We still have all of our rights to make the decisions. And that means 100% that the uh, under the Charter, the right to assemble, uh, the right to service and the freedom of religion and the right to freedom of speech is protected. So will you be pursuing criminal charges? Well, <clears throat> I see your optimism if it comes to the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, but here is a Polish immigrant uh, that have studied history and grew up in hell on earth. Tyrants do not care about your piece of paper. Dictators do not care about your constitution. You, you, you have to care about your rights. You have to stand up for your constitution and charter rights and freedoms and human rights. And there is a section one, unfortunately, in the, um, you know, in after the preamble, there is section one in the Charter of Rights and Freedoms that actually gives them a loophole, no. if you will, to, um, to see fit uh, what they are allowed to do and the interpretation of the crooked judges, because judges are the problem. They are not 
elected, they are appointed. They are appointed by politicians. So therefore, they do not work for the people. They work for the politicians that, you know, appointed them. And, and that's the problem. So the corruption is from the top down. However, I'm waiting for my last trial. So I'm facing this Friday alone. Uh, this Friday coming, in a few days, I'm facing a $100,000 ticket uh, for feeding the homeless people. And that will be done. And then my uh, terrorism charges in February, when that's done, I'm telling you, I have been talking to Ezra and Democracy Fund back and forth many times. And uh, I, I'm eager, like I can't even sit still. I already talked to them and said, let's go after the villains. Let's charge them all. What they've mm-hmm. done is a Nazi style, uh, in not just infringement, a terrorism. They should be charged with a Nuremberg style, you know, a yes. style uh, trial. And, you know, that we have seen after the second war, those people are responsible not just for uh, infringement on our religious rights and freedoms. They are bloody murderers. They're pushing the jobs left and right. And to this day on the radio, the government is pushing the jobs on the children, lying to the people that they are safe. Today, I've heard an advertisement saying that now you can be double-jobbed. You can have your influenza shots, and at the same time, you can have your, you know, uh, clot shot at the same time. So those are bloody murders. People are dropping dead left and right. This is not just... Hey, uh, you should go to jail because you broke the criminal code of Canada, section 176, one, two, and three uh, for two years. No, they should be charged with a bloody murder. They're murderers. And I agree with you on that. And, and that's what we're, we're working towards as well as, you know, with, um, action for Canada's uh, claim. I was, uh, in conversation with Rocco, uh, the other day because we're getting ready to file, uh, the new statement of claim. And, but the, the, I think more specifically, I'm not saying are you going after the health officer, Jason Kenney. I'm talking about the police officers. Um, we are strategically going after what I call low-hanging fruit, uh, the boots on the ground that were mandated to do this. And you referred to Section 1, but we've got to remember that they never justifiably proved that uh, there was an emergency. And that's always been bottom line. Each province passed the provincial emergency measures because Trudeau refused to pass the federal emergency measure because he knew then that he would lose power. So he made backroom deals with the premiers to do them, and they passed them like through first, second, and third reading, which was in violation of the uh, Constitution Act of 1867. None of it is real. None of it should be adhered to. And and so um, Bonnie Henry is as well. Uh, I agree with you. She's a murderer. She deserves uh, the, the fullest extent of the law to be used against her and beyond that. Um, but I do believe that there are steps that we can take regarding the low-hanging fruit. And I think as some encouragement to people in your case... Judge Germain is as crooked as they come, and I'm still pursuing uh, the uh, uh, Canadian Council uh, for Judges and uh, appealing to them to have him removed. They have a duty to remove him because three appeal court judges in Alberta 
said that what he did was criminal. So there is still justice in the courts. And by pressing in, I believe that more ju uh, judges across Canada who actually love this country and are traitors are going to find their backbone. And they are beginning to do that because of the force of individuals like here today who are continuing to pursue justice and expose the depths of the corruption. You know, 100%. I, if you know lawyers that would be willing to help me out to go after individuals, either health inspectors that invaded our church or officers, uh, either bylaw or police officers, um, I'll gladly take them. At this moment, I was told uh, by the Democracy Fund that I have to wait until my last trial is finished. So I'm waiting for that. In the meantime, if I can do something else and there are willing mm -hmm. lawyers that can come and help me out, uh, then I'll gladly take that. I, right. I, I'm, I'm like the pastor here, uh, you know, uh, Philip. I want to go after those people, uh, not because of vengeance, not because I hate them. Oh, I actually justice. Uh, if we don't do this, and, and hear me clearly, if we don't go after those people soon, mm -hmm. maybe a year from now, five years from now, we don't know, some other people will show up with different names and different mm -hmm. faces, and they will finish That's us clear. off. That's why it's so important for us to go after the villains. Now, yeah, while yeah. we still have that opportunity, yeah. because evil never stops. Evil will, it's like cancer. It will just keep mm -hmm. spreading and spreading okay. and spreading until we are all dead. So when people say, oh, you're a pastor, you should forgive. I already forgiven. I, mm -hmm. I, I'm, my heart is clear. Uh, but it's like saying to the Jewish people, Nuremberg trial is useless because you should just move on, forget about mm -hmm. it and forgive them. No, justice demands restitution. It demands, it yells, it, it shouts from the rooftops. That's, it has to happen. And, mm -hmm. and there's, you know, the verses in the Bible, I mean, Jesus was one of the greatest, I want to call him an activist that walked because he modeled for us what we need to do. He, he looked at them and he said, you brood of vipers, there is time for righteous anger. And that time is now he overturned the, the tables in the temple. And, and so there is a time for righteous anger. My friends, if you're all thinking that Christians need to be love, love is exposing evil. We are called to fight for those who cannot defend themselves. Those are the ones that are have been manipulated into taking this deadly jab. Uh, they, they are murderers. They know that this injection is, is killing people. And this is one of the reasons why Action for Canada is trying to do things at multiple levels. So we're taking, we're doing a constitutional challenge against the BC and federal government. And, and don't listen to what any of the little mobs say about this not being a, an active and very powerful uh, legal action. It indeed is. We've already had great wins just by filing the 391-page statement of claim, uh, we achieved what we wanted to do. We wanted to get a massive case and all of the details on record in the courts, and we achieved that. And uh, the judge already said that our case has merit, and we're coming back with a new filing. So just trust that what we're doing is strategic, and it's very well planned. We're up against great evil. There's many cases that have gone before the courts, and they've raised a lot of money for these cases, and they have haven't won. And, and so we're strategic. There's no guarantees what's going to happen. But do know that in May, on May 30th, Rocco filed on behalf of 600 federal workers, including people from the airlines. Two weeks later, Justin Trudeau overturned the travel mandate. 
I don't believe that's a coincidence. In mm -hmm. September, when Rocco was in Italy, um, he was on the court saying, but within a week of coming back, I want, I'm demanding a, a, a time in court regarding this. They gave him October 3rd. And all of a sudden, I think it was within 24 or 48 hours, the Globe and Mail put out a news report stating that Trudeau was going to stop the uh, travel app. Again, I do not believe that this is by chance. I believe that things are taking place. God has said he will meet us in the courts of justice here on earth. And we, by mm -hmm. faith, are pursuing legal actions. Look at these pastors who are having these fines dropped, um, you know, and uh, pursuing it. Pastor Randy stood on the front line with the actions that Action for Canada was supporting with, him with. And it was very intimidating having to do that, having to be threatened with the possibility of what if I too get arrested. And so pastors, be encouraged. God is mighty. You, do you have the faith of a mustard seed to trust that by you doing what he has requested of you to stay faithful to the word of God, that he won't support you, that he will, um, you know, abandon you? We're giving you testimony here tonight. And then as, a, as a, a final for myself before, if there's any other questions, the reason also that we're taking this to the grassroots, we are mobilizing you. When you are mobilized and also standing up to the government and saying we will not comply with your orders because they are in violation of our rights and in violation of the foundation of this nation, when you confidently do that with the rest of us, you are a mighty army. You are part of a mighty army that's building across Canada, telling the government we will not comply. And then they lose. So we need you. Please sign this document. Please share it with everybody you know. And let's be this massive resistant. It happens in as the French uh, Revolution. There was a resistance that built. We are that resistance today. Please join us in these efforts. And we will have victory because God is blessing the work right. that we are all doing together. And, and um, so there was a pastor in the Q&A. Uh, we want to encourage pastors again, join Action for Canada's pastor team. Sign up with us. Uh, Fern Chapman had put that notice in there. We need to talk together as senior pastors. We are going to start commencing our pastoral meetings where we're going to have Zooms with pastors. Ron is the head lead. I do believe I'm an old-fashioned gal. I believe that the men are supposed to be leading these churches and they should be leading the way. I don't mind running action for Canada. That's my ministry. But I want the men leading in the church. And uh, I believe that God will be honored and blessed because of it as well. Uh, so is there any further questions? Um, Terenzi, are there any hands up right now from anybody? We do have a few, but I, I just wanted to uh, have to actually reset it on my end. But I uh, just wanted to let everybody know, if you would like to ask a question, go down to the bottom of Zoom and put your hands up virtually, and we will put you in the queue. Tanya, if you can give us a few minutes, we'll queue up some for you. Okay, okay. so we're just going to... We'll, go ahead, Ron. I just want to correct something that uh, Pastor Phil, you addressed me as Pastor Ron, and every time you did, Tanya smiled because she knows I've got the heart of a pastor. I've got three generations of pastors before me, two dying for their faith, and, and my father persecuted uh, within the church. And so, but I, I, I have a pastor's heart, and uh, I'll just share something really brief. So my great, my grandfather, 
was taken away by three KGB agents in August of 1937. As they entered into the home, uh, they gave my grandfather the opportunity to pray over his son, my father. He was two and a half months old in a crib, and the Holy Spirit revealed to me that he allowed my grandfather to see his son before he was taken away. And when he was taken away, he went to a Siberian work camp, but his days did not go in vain. The Holy Spirit revealed to him what he would do through his grandson in the, in the last days, and he prayed in accordance with that. How many martyrs, how many of those that were in prison, they didn't have, have days in vain. God revealed to them so much, and they prayed forward to the generation, to the remnant, to where we are living today. And their prayers will not go in vain. And so I'm here as a result of that. And I'm just, uh, I'm charged. And yeah, the pastoral support team, we have pastors that are part of that team, as well as lay people. And one of the assignments right now that our, our team are working on is actually to call the churches and find out where their position is. They may be open right now, but they're going to ask difficult questions. Well, what what if the mandates come back? Are you going to go virtual again? So we're wanting to compile a list of those churches that we can recommend to Canadians who have lost hope. Thousands of Canadians have not returned back to their churches. Yes, there is revival going on, and God is doing amazing things, and people are coming to know the Lord, and they're getting baptized. But uh, in the end, we just want to provide a resource as well to, to those Canadians that have lost hope, uh, whether they were in a church or whether they are unbelieving and, and soon to believe in Jesus' name. But um, in any, there's a lot of things we're working on. And, and uh, just yeah. be a part of our team. And we'd love for you to join us. Thank you, Ron, for that. And, you know, I want to bring something to everybody's attention. We say that we're a non-denominational, Bible-believing, Christ-centered organization. And denomination, all of this, wherever it came from, it, it was not biblical. Uh, there's not supposed to be all this division within denominations. We're supposed to be Christ-centered, God-centered Bible-believing Christians. And uh, right. so let's not buy in to to all of these uh, different uh, denominations. Uh, something that I want to say as well is that I've always said, Ron's got a pastor's heart. You can hear it. He could be behind a pulpit, and he could give a very good sermon. And, um, you know, within the Bible, I didn't see that they had to go to uh, necessarily to seminary for six years. Uh, you know, God called them. And, and, and they had a pastor's heart and he used them. Uh, there's nothing in the Bible that says we should receive a tax receipt for our giving. So I, I, I just want to give a shout out to pastors. Stop receiving benefits from the government. Uh, you know, these, these government subsidies and programs make you, uh, you know, beholden to, to the government. And, and I believe there's a devilish tie involved in that. Have faith that God is going to provide for you miraculously. And, uh, for those of you who are waiting for a tax, tax receipt from somebody because you want to give, whether to an organization or not, give with faith understanding that God is going to bless you uh, for it. So, Pastor Artur, I saw your hand yeah, in response I just wanna, to that. Yeah, I just want to uh, second that. Um, 2008, after a number of years of fighting with the totalitarian regime here in Calgary, the federal government suddenly sends me a letter. And in that letter, the CRA says that because I speak negatively about abortion, homosexuality, and divorce, therefore, I am not eligible to have a charitable tax status. So since 2008 until today, we do not have charitable 
attack status. And, and yet somehow here we are surviving, thriving, having a great time. Do you know that just in few days, and not only we feed thousands of people on the streets of Calgary, but in just a few days, we're going to have a triple A stakes for the homeless people. Um, so what I'm trying to say to you, do not sell your Jesus for silver coin. Do not mm-hmm. sell your faith for incentives from the devil. The devil will mm-hmm. offer you all kinds of different things, but you got to know you're not for sale. In the past few months, since I became the leader of the Independence Party, three times they came to bribe me. Three times the government came with incentives to lure me to come back to this um, treacherous, evil um, party that we have right now in power. And here is my answer to them. And I hope that every pastor, every Christian will have the same answer when they come to you. Here is my answer. I am not for sale. I have already been bought with the precious blood of Jesus. Amen. That's my answer to anyone that comes to me with bribery. They offered me fancy jobs. They offered me $2 million to stop doing what I'm doing. They offered me a guaranteed seat at the legislature. I am not for sale. Jesus already owns me and not just owns me. He bought me to set me free. I'm no longer a slave. I'm a son of the living God. Amen to that. (laughs) Yeah, we got to walk by faith and not by sight. So this is just amazing. Okay, so I think we have, we'll go for two questions and then we'll wrap up the evening in respect to everybody's time. Terenzio? Yes, so far we have, uh, we have a few questions. First up is Kendra. Kendra, you should see a little message pop up on your screen to unmute. And sometimes we have a bit of problem with unmuting, but we'll wait for just a moment. All right. In the meantime, we could go to the next person. Okay. Uh, Next person we have is Andrea. Hello. Hi, Andrea. Can you hear me? Yes, we sure can. Hi. Hi. I just wanted to say really quickly, it's just an honor to speak to you. I've been coming on these calls for a a while and I'm just quietly always watching and I'm going to try not to be too emotional, but Arthur, I've been following you forever and watching your case. And um, I'm down in the United States, but I'm originally from BC, born and raised. And I've been praying and praying and fasting and praying for you and your family. And you are such an inspiration. It's just an honor um, Ron and Phil too, and Randy, you guys have just inspired me so much to just continue to pray for the true North strong and free and that we will have revival in Canada. And Tanya, I will get in touch with you. If there's anything I can do to help, you can just sign me up. So I just wanted oh, to say hello beautiful. from, from the deep South. We've been living free. So it's been crazy to live in freedom down here and watch what's happening in my beloved home country. So you mm-hmm. heroes of the faith, please be encouraged. Just keep on preaching the gospel and just keep on doing what you're doing. And just thank you so much. Amen. Thank you. Yeah. yeah amen. Andrea. Thank you so much, Andrea. Okay. Um, I'll do one just, here. It says, okay, go ahead. Before we go. I just want to say it's because of your prayers. When I was in 
isolation. And I, uh, I believe that, uh, Philip, you will uh, say the same thing. Um, it was the prayers that kept me going. It was the understanding that I'm not alone. Not only Jesus is there with me, but there's thousands upon thousands of people that are praying and mm-hmm. holding me and asking God for mercy. Uh, I want to thank you. I would not be able to do that mm-hmm. without the backing of my family, the church and people like you. So I thank you for you stepping to the plate and, and, and standing in the gap for people like us. Mm, amen to it's that. my it's my honor and i will continue to pray for all of you thank you all right well ron what do you say um i would like to just have a closing word pastor randy we'll start with yourself in in closing if you have any word for the for our viewers yeah i just uh find it quite amazing how they're selective and who they go after uh we remained open to this whole thing, and although we had the RCMP come, I had the health officer phone, threatened. I'm thankful I didn't have to go to jail. I guess maybe it's God's grace. He knows I don't like small, confined spaces or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> but I was thinking about the three Hebrew children and uh, how they were to bow to this image that Nebuchadnezzar had made. And I guess they could have compromised and... Uh, physically bowed down, but in their heart say, I'm not really worshiping this image. Uh, but I'm thankful that they didn't do that. And they just said, throw us in the fire if you want. Our God will deliver us. But even if he doesn't, we still will not bow. And that's my heart. By the grace of God, I will not bow. We will remain open. And I want to challenge and encourage all pastors to, to unite with all of us. And there's nothing they can do to stop us. Uh, like uh, was mentioned earlier, uh, the giant's there, but David's will always win because we don't <laughs> fight with sword or spear or with weapons of this world. We have divine weapons. And if God be for us, who can be against us? So mm. thank you again for allowing me to be on this program with you all. Amen. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Pastor Randy. Thank you, Pastor Randy. God bless okay. you. Okay. Pastor Philip. Do you have a word in closing? Yeah, uh, for the pastors watching, get on the right side of history. And, uh, and, and, and to encourage you, before there was a Justin Trudeau, there was God. Before there was mm-hmm. Ottawa, there was God. Polit- all these mm-hmm. po- politicians, they don't have the final say over this nation. The church has the final say over this nation. <laughs> Amen. 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 Yes. Thank you. And uh, Pastor uh, Arthur, hurry up and visit the East Coast already. I've been waiting for you. You know, I uh, when you said that, <laughs> the moment you said, come, I'm thinking, uh, I want to come. God, mm-hmm. uh, send me there. I'm still on house arrest, so it's a little bit complicated. Um, a double dog dare you to break it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I will come. Uh, by the will of God, I will come and we'll do a crusade or revival meetings. Um, whatever God has in mind, I'll gladly come. Uh, mm-hmm. So let's uh, let's talk about it. Let's organize something and see what God has in mind. I don't know. I don't know if New Brunswick can handle the both of us together in one place. <laughs> <laughs> Let them, then let's put it on fire. Yeah, that's right. Amen. That's that's awesome. And can and Pastor Artur, do you want to want to close off with a final word as well? 
Well, I would just say um, God has given us an, an amazing opportunity and opportunities are like sunrises. If you wait too long, you're going to miss them. Do not mm-hmm. miss this enormous, amazing historical opportunity for the church to have a testimony and shine. Mm-hmm. Go out there and tell people that there is hope, that there is a living God and he always wins. So uh, mm-hmm. go and win. God is waiting for his heroes. Heroes, rise up, stand up. And go and be about your father's business. Be blessed. Yes. Amen. 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 Well, thank Thank you. Thank you, pastors. Uh, Terenzio, do you want to leave me on here with uh, Ron in closing? Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Ron, my friend, um, it has just been such a blessing and a privilege to have you on tonight. I'm anxious to get the uh, pastor meetings going in the new year. And I would just like to as well hear a word uh, from you in in closing. Yeah, well, you know what? This has just been a highlight reel. You can see I've been smiling from uh, ear to ear. And, um, you know, that just be encouraged as well, too, that revival has already begun. It's starting It's sweeping across the country. And there are pockets of pastors and churches that are standing unified in groups. And they are willing to walk away for the governing overseeing association that they're involved with. Should they decide to continue to stand and choose our government over God? And so that's exciting to see that God is at work. It's happening. And that that air of excitement, uh, we are just so privileged and blessed to be living in such a time as this. And you were talking about prayer. Well, we do have a prayer team that meets Monday, Wednesday, Friday, every single week for the last seven and a half months. It started off with 40 days of prayer and fasting and continued on. We've met faithfully 20 to 30. And, and so if you want to be a part of that team, we'd love for you to join us. These are just powerful men and women of God, just prayer warriors and intercessors. And we are just so blessed to have them. And we're also praying over the needs of Canadians. We've got prayer hyphen requests at actionforcanada.ca, praying for the needs, those who have lost their work, their health, uh, you know, loved ones. And so we are praying over the needs of Canadians. So God bless you all. Thank you so much, uh, pastors, for joining us. And uh, Lord bless you all. Yeah, thank you so much, uh, Ron. And I really want to emphasize the work of our prayer team. It's not just that we have prayer warriors meeting Monday, Wednesday, Friday, praying for Action for Canada, our leaders, and for Canada, but we have a an email for you to reach out for prayer. If you are uh, feeling depressed, if you're down, um, you're feeling on your own, one, we encourage you to definitely get involved with our chapters. Even if there isn't one uh, near you, join the nearest chapter. Even if you have to do that via Zoom, you'll get plugged in. You may meet on that call other people from your community, and then you can start a chapter, but it's evolving and we're growing and we want to be in those communities. In the new year and over Christmas, we are recognizing that this is a very hard time for many. Uh, You know, there's losses of loved ones. There's losses of relationship because of all of this COVID fear-mongering and uh, the insanity where people have lost their ability to critically think. Uh, 
You may have some family members or friends, you know, that kind of fall into uh, that category. And you're wondering where you're going to be uh, on Christmas Day. And uh, this is why it's so vital as well for the churches to be open. And pastor, you're really, pastors, you're really doing a disservice by being closed. And uh, anyways, we, we want to offer support to you if you need prayer. So please be sure to reach out to the prayer line. We also are going into the new year realizing that that is a time when people get especially depressed at the end of January into February. The government is now offering um, assisted uh, suicide. Uh, they're murdering people. And uh, we, we think that if that's crossed your mind, I rebuke that in Jesus Christ's name. Uh, that is a death squad uh, offering uh, a service of the devil. That is not of God. And, and we are rebuking this. We're fighting against this euthanasia agenda in Canada. And so if you're every, anywhere on that spectrum, please make sure that you reach out to a local church. Uh, reach out to Action for Canada because we want to pray for you and give you support and help. And so, Ron, thank you so much. I still have a little close here to do. But my brother, thank you. Love you so much and so grateful that you're part of this team. And likewise, truly tremendous pleasure and blessing. Uh, so it was wonderful tonight. Thank you all. all. Right. Thank you, Ron. Ron always calls me his little sis. <laughs> and I love that. I'm his little sister. Um, you know, I've been on my own. My dad passed away and I haven't had a whole lot of, uh, you know, men in my life warring in action. And here with Action for Canada, I'm telling you, if you want... oh. Terenzio, <laughs> Sorry. I'm telling that's all right. It, at Action for Canada, we have men who are warriors who have joined our team. So if you're in a bit of a position like I've been saying, where are the men, where are the godly men that understand what their position is and haven't been emasculated? We got them here at Action for Canada. Would you please bring up the verse, Terenzio? Okay, this is from Revelations 21, 6 to 8. And I've chosen to close on this tonight because uh, I've been reading through Revelations. It always says part of it's I want those blessings. It says if you read Revelations, you there will be a blessing for you. But I think the blessing is a gift of knowledge and understanding for the times that we're living in. And in uh, Revelations 21, 6 to 8, it says, And he also said, It is finished. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. This is God saying, I'm the Alpha and Omega. I am all powerful. I am God from beginning to end. Nothing is happening without his say so. He even raises evil uh, rulers for a time. And you can see in Canada that we were just going blindly into a time of, uh, a time of Noah when there's sexual deviancy and murder of children and all kinds of rotten things going on. And, and so we had to have a really rotten ruler in order for people to start turning around and saying, okay, we've taken God out of government. We've taken God out of our schools. Things are going really bad. It's time to start thinking about whether we should change course and start turning back to God. So he goes, the beginning and the end, to all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. But cowards, unbelievers, the corrupt, murderers, the immoral, those who practice witchcraft, idol worshipers, and all liars, their fate is in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. 
And so that we may know, you know, that you, you can, you can turn around and tomorrow you can die and you may think, well, I was a good person, but you may have had a, what is an idol in your life? Was it, was it that uh, job? Was it money? Was it sex? What was the idol in your life if it wasn't God? And so that's when it talks about idol worship. It doesn't mean that you have to have a wooden idol in your house that you that you worshipped. It it could be a figure. Some religions have a figure that that they idol worship, and and uh, that is considered sin. But the immoral. But did you hear the first one? It was the coward. Who is the coward? The coward are those that didn't open their churches because they wanted to, they were too afraid to take a stand. There are so many cowards that have been revealed in the last two and a half years, and, and, but there is forgiveness. If you can recognize right now, I don't want to make you feel shamed, I want to make you feel convicted, because right now it's saying you're going to be cast into the lake of fire, so you need Jesus. But you need to realize to say, yeah, I, I wasn't courageous during this time. And we can understand there was a lot of fear-mongering going on. You were deceived, and you understand you were deceived. So just come before God and make your life right with Him. We've been talking about this the last few weeks, that uh, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And so it's not just about you being a good person. It's about believing in the Son of God the Father, Jesus Christ, that he came to earth to be God in man form, to be a model and example for us. But more than that, he was a living sacrifice who gave his life on the cross. And there's a song that says, to deny him now would be to crucify him all over again, because he died for you. And all you need to do in order to become a person of faith and have everlasting life is to say, you know what, I feel convicted in my spirit and I confess you know, that I'm, I'm a sinful person, but that I can be made white as snow. Please forgive me. And Jesus, I ask you into my life to be my Lord and Savior. And your name will be written in the book of life. And, and it is such a blessing. You will have a peace that passes all understanding, even marching from here forward. It's not that, I'm, it's not that things aren't heavy on my shoulder. And uh, believe me, because of the position our team is in, we have the devil at our doorstep. He doesn't like what we're doing, but we have prayer warriors covering us in prayer. And the beauty is that as you become a Christian and you learn about God's promises, we don't have to fear the devil. Because when you become a Christian, there's a verse that says, greater is he that is in me, now that would be the Lord Jesus Christ, than he that is in this world. And that's the devil. And it says also in the Bible that when the devil comes for you or you're going through something hard, all you need to do is profess the name of Jesus Christ, and it says the devil has to flee. And when we're going through attack here at Action for Canada, we just rise up and we say in the name of Jesus Christ, because we don't have the power to do this, it's only by the name of Jesus Christ, we say devil flee, and he has to flee. And that's why we don't live in fear. That's why we're confident that God is fully in control. And this is a really timely season that we're going through so that people can turn their lives around and get back to what is really important in life. So anyways, 
We at Action for Canada like coming to, to you. We love you viewers. We love, we love Canadians. And we're boldly speaking the truth. And that comes from a place of love. So God bless you. Oh, I want to just say next week, Trenzio, can you bring up our image? We're having a Christmas special. We are going to have an actual Christmas service. Pastor Aaron Rock is blessing us by coming on, and he's going to give a Christmas service and a word. Ron is going to be giving a story. We're going to have Christmas caroling, and it's going to just be so much fun. So can you please share this action when we send it out? It'll be coming out by Sunday night, but you're giving a heads up. Do plan on being here. And so just thank you, Terenzio, for bringing that up. And so just know that you are not alone you have friends here at action for canada you have a family you want to pray to receive jesus into your heart yes email us prayer hyphen request at actionforcanada.ca we have a policy that men pray with men and women pray with women and so we would be happy to pray with you if you want to pray that prayer with them and so we just welcome you to do that Amen. Thank you for that, Ron. I had meant to clarify that as we do this, like as I lead through, you just need to say, Dear Jesus, I ask you into my life. Please forgive me for my sins. Be my Lord and Savior. You know, take the wheel uh, of this vehicle and just show me the way I should go. And if that's a prayer that you've prayed, do reach out to our prayer team and uh, they will connect with you. So again, how about you say it, Ron? You say it. God bless you and God bless Canada. Let's close this down. Yes, God bless you all and God bless <laughs> Canada. Amen. <laughs> all right. because 
need to get right. So I am just going to thank you so much. I'm going to say God.